Welcome to the Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official quacky and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 12 in. Oh! I am your host, Adam Jamel. And I'm Aaron Schroeder. That's right. This is the Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web. Footosphere. And Aaron, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about these Ducks. Let me just start there, baby. Well, how many games did you watch? How many games did I watch? I watched three, count them, three total Duck games. I watched five. Suck on that. How the hell did you watch five? Because I was catching up from when <laughs> I was gone last week. And so I watched games from December 1st until yesterday. Oh, well, there you go. That's good. Look at you doing your homework, baby. Because um, you were sick. Got a weird stomach bug. Mm-hmm. Literally stomach lasted. Bug. It lasted like 24 hours, maybe. It lasted if, almost as long as that empty pause just right there between us. Aaron, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad that bug is dead inside you and that you, the human that sustained it, are thriving. You look thriving. Great. Thriving, baby. Anyone who sees us on the YouTube, on the Quack 12 YouTube, you can see we are looking fantastic, hot as hell, some would say. <laughs> yeah. you, anyone who's watching is seeing Aaron do some pretty funny stuff. So this that's a plug for all you watchers out there. But that listeners, we got a great show. I, I swear we won't be doing stuff that you can't see anymore. Um, a, a lot has happened since we've last talked. Uh, last week we had James Voss. Uh, we, you know, we oh, talked about a couple know, of good I games. I missed it and I was so pissed. I know, I know. We you were almost there, but uh, you know, we had a couple of rough or a couple of good games actually. But um, oh, wait. for the mints, yeah. Before we get into officially talking about sports, I have a couple of updates. Mm-hmm. Number one, yes. Those faithful few out there who have listened to us forever, mm-hmm. you will remember that in the not so distant past. Mm-hmm. I created a formula called one point per minute. That's true. And then I set to prove that this is possible by Adam myself recreating said formula. Mm-hmm. So next week we will have there will be a video package <laughs> that will uh, be me showing you how possible it is to create scenarios in which one point can be made per minute. Uh, basically, Aaron recorded him shooting some shots, and we're going to check his percentage. 
You yes. can only talk shit. We established you can only talk shit to the duck basketball players that shoot worse than you in a given Correct. game. Correct. Which I'm excited to see how that pans out. Another thing I'm excited to pan out that I'm about to gotcha journalism you. Oh, shit. How are those mugs doing that are going out to the people that sent that us the dog That was a second picks? update. That was a second <laughs> update. Thank you All for right. bringing that one up. <laughs> I have sourced the uh, website that I want to use to build it. Okay. Okay. And they should hopefully be arriving around Christmas. I really, it hey. seems like the worst time of year to maybe try and ship something out. Exactly. So I'm definitely not going to ship it the expensive way. It's going to be smart. the free way, which probably is going to be very slow. Yeah, that's uh, hey, that's fair. That's that's so, nice to but hear. But they are coming. I've found the spot. I've designed them, and I'm just trying to figure out if it's smarter to have them all come to me, mm. or if and then I send them out directly, or if it's more logical to just ship them individually. Well, because then I'd be placing a lot more orders on this website because it'd be like specific mugs going to places. Yeah, that's a good point. What, what what it all comes down to is you're a man of your word. You said if someone sent a picture of their adopted dog within the week span that you would send them a Quack 12 mug. Yeah. And, f and for a second there, our DMs kind of blew up. And I was worried that you were about <laughs> to have to send 200 bucks. Because if you remember, on the day, I was saying, like, Aaron, do not promise this. Do not <laughs> promise this. So I'm glad it wasn't too outstanding. And, and what, a, what a Santa Claus you are. Look. Aaron, um, yeah. I'm willing to do it <laughs> for the team. Do but it for the obviously, team. if it got too out of hand, I'd be like, "Psych!" If there's this amount of motherfuckers out there who want this level of free shit, they can go sign up on our Patreon for five dollars a month. <laughs> hey, if you want some free but, shit, you can pay us. No, this is—it's a handful of people. It's super sweet. You cannot submit. Nobody submit any more Not photos anymore. because the doors are closed. Uh, so yeah, the website looks good. The thing that I get concerned about with all of these companies, though, is that I've seen mugs, those decals, like, wash away when you put them in a washing machine. Mm. You never so said I it was going to be a good mug. Let's let's get that real. Well, I don't want it to be a shit-ass mug. Well, I'll allow it. That's <laughs> what I'll say. Oh, boy. Um, All right. It's want... just going to be a mug from Amazon that says number one dad. <laughs> <laughs> if you want quality content like this, please go over to our Patreon for five measly dollars a month. You can listen to great series like Quackin' Time, in which we break down every single Oregon football season year yeah, yeah. by year with an individual episode we also break down some huge historic games we got some fun stuff up there some fun videos whole bunch of content also while i got you here plugging away five stars on apple Podcasts. leave us a little comment helps out so damn much aaron we got a lot of news we got we a whole lot do. of duck news um you want to start well let's start with the portal I wish we had a portal sound. I don't know. Some kind of like uh, like ominous swoosh kind of thing. <sighs> Something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'll put it in post. Maybe I'll forget. Something like that. That'll do. 
Okay, that's the portal. Um, Aaron, a lot of ducks have left. Let me tell you that. Like, a whole bunch of Oregon football players have ditched this team. Oh, now, we're talking fuzzball. We're talking fuzzball a little bit before we get into quacksitball. Okay. Now, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. Some of it is like, that hurts. But some of it was really expected. In order for us to bring in the recruiting class that we've already got, right, we needed about 13 people, give or take, to get off this team. Like, to hit the bricks, you know what I mean? We only got so many scholarships. Uh, so, a normal amount of turnover, you know, like, that's fair. I would say we have lost a few key players who would have likely been starters, or if not starters, had quite a bit of playing time this next season. Those ones do hurt. But I just want to do a little tally here, kind of a, a sayonara to a lot of these players. Now, um, one of the biggest ones... This is, well, I don't even know quite what order I should do this in, but let, let's just do with kind of a headliner here. Justin Flo, linebacker Justin Flo, was a five-star recruit. You know, I believe was our second highest rated recruit of all time behind the one and only Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, Justin Flo who earned, I mean, he played in 10 games, 35 tackles, two and a half for a loss this season. He's out. He transferred out. Now, it's that kind of thing where it's like, our defense was pretty fucking bad this year. He was a starter. I don't think you can circle him and be like, yes, it was all on flow. But a lot of I remember seeing him have key, crucial moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was times where... I mean, you cannot say this dude is not an absolute athlete, has phenomenal, just just uh, checking a lot of the box of what you want with a linebacker. Mainly the problem was being out of position, you know, like like not reading what the offense is going to be doing, uh, you know, like getting to a spot too early kind of stuff. Stuff that, who knows, could have been settled next year. But as of now, he will no longer be a duck. Now Whose I'm, I'm choice try to, was that? For for him for flow, I mean I think it's a combination of things. Which flow is flow is like you most likely would have been a starter next season. I think that's right. safe to say. But it's possible that Dan Lanning maybe I doubt it, but gave him a little bit of a like you know you're probably gonna be a starter, but I can't guarantee that. I'm going for other linebackers in this recruiting class, and it may be a real competition. My guess is when you've already got a starting spot like that, it's probably Flo being like, I'm, I want to check something out, you know, check some other schools out. He's been here three years. Two of those years were, you know, injury riddled. Like the first year he didn't see any time. Second year he saw one game. Um, so, you know, he probably just wants a breath of fresh air. Don't really blame him on that front. You know, he he could go play for USC, live in L.A. He can go play for Coach Deion Sanders, Coach Prime over at Colorado. 
uh, like, oh wow, you know, he went to Colorado. Yeah, Deion Sanders. See, we didn't talk about this last week. He is the coach at Colorado, and he's making some big waves already. Awesome. Yeah. No, I know a lot of people are kind of like, like fucked up about it or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's getting so much hype, and I think Colorado will immediately be better. But yeah. he. But I think. Other people are saying, like, they're going to compete for the Pac-12 immediately, and it's like, mm, not with that roster. Not with one season, oh. off-season of roster turnover, you know. I thought, see, I thought people were being negative towards him, and I'm like, I, I mean, some of them aren't. I'll tell you this. He went, and, you know, this is kind of like, uh, there's different ways to look at it. I don't think it's that bad, but it is kind of a stark reality here he went there's a video of him talking to the colorado locker room gets in there and immediately he says like basically like look some of you are going to need to hit the transfer portal because this team sucks last year and you know a big part of that is because the people in this locker room so some of you got to go because i got players that are going to come in and i know they're ready to play including his son who he said, like, my son's going to be starting quarterback. He's going to have to earn the position, but he's going to be starting quarterback. Which is kind of fair because it's like his, on paper, his son is better than any of the three quarterbacks that played for Colorado. But it's also kind of, you know, I could see how that rub people the wrong way. But he's also being realistic. He's being like, some of you got to go. I want this team to be good. Y'all suck. Like, I don't know. Look, what to he's say. a smart enough man to understand that uh, you can be nepotistic and have it be that way because that's the best quality product. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's that. But, you know, so that's what Dan Lanning's kind of going through right now. Right. We've got so many players in the portal. I'm just going to kind of shout them out to you. So, Justin Flo's brother, uh, Jonathan Flo. Defensive back has not actually oh, Jay played. Oh, J Flo, J Flo, J uh, yeah, the well, J flew. <laughs> he flew. There you go. I was trying to think of a. That's great. Flew the coop. Um, has not actually played a game for us, but still, you know, defensive back is certainly a position need for us. This is a tough one. Tight end Maliki Matavau had some really good plays this season. I mean, like. We had some really good play out of the tight end unit, certainly in the first half, uh, quite a bit. Like, I mean, he's a he's a, he's a good catch. He got ten catches, one hundred thirty four yards, and a touchdown. Played in all twelve games. Is especially a good blocker. Like, he's gonna go be a starter somewhere. Uh, wow. So that's rough. Our tight yep. end room, you know, like the group is still really good. We still got like fucking, you know, like. Patrick Kerber, Terrence Ferguson, uh, uh, we we still got some some good uh, prospects there. Uh, Sean Dollars, Sean Dollars is we were really excited for him early. You know he's been on the team since like 2019, played in 12 games supposedly. I barely remember him. Uh, 34 rushes for 188 yards, one touchdown. He just wasn't earning the touches behind. You know, like like Bucky Irving was just doing so good that you couldn't not give him the the ball. And then Noah yeah. Noah Whittington, those were just clearly Dillingham and Lanning's guys, and he just wasn't making the cut. I don't know. Dollars seem to show up a lot. Oh, absolutely, man! Like these are these aren't bad players. 
I think a lot of times it's just like, well, Lanning is like, well, these two running backs, I went out and got these guys because I like the way they play. They fit my style, what I want to do. And not that Sean Dollars doesn't, but it just, he just, for whatever reason, you know, and, and so thing weird about the fact, is there something weird going on about the fact that coaches can just trade other humans back and forth and disrupt (laughs) lives like that? That's the question, right? Well, we're not, I like the transfer portal that it's so open more because back in the day, Someone like a Sean Dollars, it would just be like, no, dude, you're stuck here. Unless if you do want to transfer, you're going to have to wait. And then once you're able to, you may have to wait one year to play at your new school. Yeah. And he would be be trapped in Eugene. As opposed to now, the same situation happens where, like, Landing's being like, you're not going to play, basically. Or you're not going to be a guaranteed starter, that's for sure. And Sean Dollars can now go anywhere else. A bunch of people who are eager to have him play, you know, he can go anywhere where he's wanted, which is a lot of places. And And theoretically enhance his chances of getting paid to do this professionally. Absolutely. Um, Which comes with the reality check that, hey, if you go up to the pros, guess what you're probably going to be doing every few seasons for the first time. 10 yeah. years of your life exactly i mean it, it does change college football like this is it used to be like you know you're going to this school you're going to this school for four years or three years if you end up going to the nfl and yeah that's your lot which in life. i also liked because then you're it, you choose which school you choose but what if after year one especially because like these coaches <laughs> like They'll say anything to you, especially the ones that are like shittier human beings. They will promise you that you will be a starter. And then when you get on, they'll be like, oh, shit. No, you're not third. You are third. You will never see the field. You are practice. Even if you you are go Rudy on their asses and they'll be like, yeah, I don't like you. I don't like your attitude. No. (laughs) Yeah. Now you're fourth. Congratulations. Yeah. You may be Rudy as in they put you in one play. Right. and so this is giving you the opportunity to actually go compete and be. I mean, yeah. Bo Nix. Bo Nix would have been forced yeah. to play for Auburn. Instead, he comes and plays for us and is amazing. You know, like so. I think it's like the system is still fucked up. But I think the transfer portal, even though it hurts your heart to see Travis die, go play for USC. Like he had a great season despite the injury at the end. But like, you know, like like. I don't know. It's it's. I think it's good for the players overall. Like a Sean Dollars, especially who it's like, you are a talented dude, dude. Or like I'm going going to the next one here, linebacker Jabril McNeil. Like he was promising. He's he only played in three games this year though, only in garbage time. He can go play for a Nevada or something, and be a starter right then and there. Have a great season. Yep. Possibly get drafted off of it. Yeah. Um. And, it, and so that's kind of where and so that's where it, it hurts me less when again I'm going to shout out someone else here linebacker yep. slash tight end Terrell Tillman played Ooh. in one game this year uh, zero stats last year he played in like 14 games though so wow. this is the other thing is like with head wow, coaches it seems like Lanning has a, 
a pretty clear fucking picture of what this team's supposed to be. Exactly. Well, and I think the same thing happened to Cristobal, same thing happened to all these coaches, is you get there, you have something that you want to do, but in year one, you've got all these players that may not fit your system, and in year one, it's like someone who was playing all the time, they may not even have a position, because like, the position may be gone. It may be like, no, we don't use that particular kind of nickel you know we preferred this front instead so your position is doesn't even exist anymore and so when with so many head coaches constantly changing and stuff like that i think that you just have to have this transfer portal because shout otherwise out you're to gonna... all those coal miners out there exactly your what position you is about? no longer required <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no joke. Um, Terrell Tillman, so he's gone, you know. Uh, wow. Brandon Buckner, he was a defensive end, played in zero games this year. Again, you know, it's just like you're giving these people an opportunity. Not only that, though, if you want to be selfish about it, you're giving Dan Lanning an opportunity to get specifically the people that he wants, that he thinks will really benefit his system. Because right. our defense was complete trash, as the Beavers proved, and many teams proved. And he's a defensive-minded coach, supposedly. So maybe it's How just it... a matter of personnel. So then it really was the fact that our offensive coordinator was just that gifted at reading what to do in the future? I think I think kept our us offensive... alive? I mean, I think our offense was certainly keeping us alive, not our defense. Uh, we had some talent, but I mean, on a play-by-play basis, we were just letting them. I guess kind I just watched the game. Us. I remember it so differently. I feel like I guess because we were good at scoring, it just naturally felt like the defense was also good. But they did let teams score a bit. They would let teams score specifically a lot in the latter portions of the game. Yeah. And, you know, whether it was a close game or not, it was usually late. Our defense was kind of melting. Not always. You know, sometimes they would, like, shore up. But I I think that really adds to just, like, you know, maybe the first string defense landing liked what he saw. Second string, it's just clearly it wasn't working. Clearly it wasn't working. Oh, well, here's the question. Mm -hmm. How many total transfers were there? As of right now, I think we're up to, I mean, I don't have the exact number. I think we're up to like 14 or 15 people out. But you we're starting how, how to get many players of those are in. Defense? Uh, well, the, the majority of them, I would say. Uh, let's, let's go through this list really quick, too, because this could take forever. So, linebacker Jackson LeDuke, a player who actually hit that they really loved as an outside linebacker that with just real elite speed. But in in this game, uh, this season, he did play in 12 games, 13 total tackles. He's out. Uh, Bram Walden, offensive lineman. This one hurts because we're going to be replacing a good chunk of our offensive line. So any kind of, you know, like player with some, I don't know, some kind of veteran. I mean, he's a sophomore now. But, uh, yeah, no st- two games, no stats because we had a really – sure offensive line so he didn't get all that much play but even in you know i don't know uh edge Braden swinson this blows Braden swinson actually was probably our best edge rusher 
and that's uh-huh. what we desperately needed. I mean, our pass rush was not good. That was a huge problem for us as we couldn't get to the quarterback. So you could say losing our best edge rusher when we weren't good at it, you know. <laughs> well, Brandon Dorless, I should say, actually was. But Braden Swenson was, was pretty damn good, um, and he's going to go play on a different team. QB, Jay Butterfield. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, sure. I liked him, but at the same time, it was that thing. We were talking during the year where it was like, go be on another team, man, because you're not going to play on this team. If Ty, if you can't beat Ty Thompson for playing time, who, I mean, we don't need to talk shit about Ty Thompson, but he ain't, he ain't QB1 for a reason, that's for sure. But he was QB2. Jay Butterfield rarely if ever saw the field he played in one game through one pass for one yard this season last year he played in one game through three passes and completed two pa- like it's just like those are better stats than thompson had <laughs> oh well sure <laughs> but it, it just when you come out onto the field and the first pass you throw is like an interception yeah like, and okay, <laughs> bye and with possibly Dante Moore coming in, a highly regarded freshman recruit, you know. Oh. And maybe, maybe Bo Nix returning. We still don't know. But really? maybe Bo Nix returning. Who knows? Who knows? He's he's he playing in the bowl game. Ear. Well, he's playing in the bowl game, which typically means it's like if you're if you're prepping for the NFL, you should be like, unless it's the national championship, unless it's a playoff or the Rose Bowl. You should be like, oh, I'm not playing in this bowl game because what if I get hurt and ruin my entire future? He needs to play the bowl game because he needs to show that the injury he got that seemingly hindered the remainder yeah. of our season as a offensive threat, he needs to show that shit is back. That's that's the possibility, my man. We'll, that's we'll what see it is. What it's fucking fucking it's fucking entertainment politics, my guy. The whole well, thing is so ridiculous. It could it could be either way. Um, you know, it's like um, yeah. Hopefully, it'd be nice if he stayed. Because the other thing is, if he's not gonna go super high in the draft, then with the NIL deals and shit like that, it may behoove you just to stay in college one more year, be on a hopefully a really good team, especially okay. in your second year in it. Get some money through NIL. And then go get some more money in the NFL the year afterwards, but that didn't seem as mo or when he got here. Take that nil happens. money and just save it because maybe you're not going to the NFL. That too, that too, man. Um, in a savings account. Okay, here we go. Byron Cardwell, another running back who was very promising, especially in 2021. I mean, played in 12 games, 61 rushes. Four and seventeen yards, three touchdowns. Looked good this year. He only played in two. And we really didn't see him after a while, like on the field at all. Uh, and it just felt it felt very obvious that he was going to transfer. Same deal with yep. Seven McGee. It just felt like okay, obviously Seven McGee's gone, and he is. Uh, Dante Thornton. That was a tough one because he was like our second best, I would say, receiver outside of the slot. Anyways, like Chase Cota was amazing. Chris Hudson was amazing. Obviously, Troy Franklin. Troy Franklin was our number one target. Dante Thornton was a good number two, though. Um, he is gone. That that does hurt, but in a position where we could lose, you know, some talent. Those are basically the ones moving out. Um, <laughs> that's quite a bit, mainly on defense, is where we're mainly hurt, I would say. 
Uh, outside of that, though, we are finally starting to see some players enter the program, which is nice. From Iowa, Iowa is a very good defensive school, terrible offensive school, truly, just uh-huh. a one-sided team. Their linebacker, who I'm hearing really good things about, he was hurt a lot last season, and he's behind like a star player, so he didn't get a ton of playing time, you know. But he has transferred to Oregon, Justin Jacobs. Oh, a, I know that name. Oh, well, there you go. Justin Jacobs coming over. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. Uh, other than that, we've started to, you know, offer some. Uh, oh, actually, former Alabama wide receiver Trayshawn Holden. He has visited Eugene. Uh, we'll see what happens, dude. Like, we may be in line for some good transfer players soon, especially with the amount that have left. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We're we're going to wait for some to declare for the draft as well. That will open up some more space. So it's not all doom and gloom. We have sure. we've lost some players. We lost some players that we definitely wanted to keep, but we also lost some players that weren't going to get playing time, weren't even going to get like late game playing time and blowouts. So it's like, yeah, the best thing for you is to go play somewhere else. Yeah, and at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, it's just so hard for me to wrap my head around how you can love a team mm-hmm. and at the same time be fine with replacing any aspect of it. Oh, I get it, man. Well, you know I what mean, I mean? It's... it's like, it's kind of like the, if the ship sets sail in England, but every part of it is changed before it docks in New York, is it a different ship in New York? Yeah. And it's like, well, no. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. It, I, I get what you mean, dude. And this but is there's like... supposed to, but there's supposed to be this emotional relationship, but, you know what I mean? But it's hard to have that when it's always changing. I you get become you, Hitler Day. I get you, man. Um, <laughs> and you just have to, like, ones and zeros this shit. <laughs> well, let me tell you, dude. Let, let me put it in a, in a term that you may understand a little bit more. I mean, it's unfortunate that I'm, this is college football going through an existential crisis right now is what used to make the sport great is that it's like, no, it's all about players it's not a professional game these are students representing their school but you know there's business it's it's business i mean we're getting closer and closer to pro we have playoffs now we're gonna have a multi-team playoff eventually um which is gonna make the bowl games more and more pointless more and more useless it'll just be about the playoffs we've got more and more players you know like you got a free agency basically but um let me tell you this, man. Like, I think the way to look at it is you got to love the team, not necessarily the players, but also you got to you gotta look at it like, hey, how do you feel about Bobby Wagner, my man? You're a Seahawks fan. Bobby Wagner ain't on that team. When you see Bobby Wagner play for the Rams, though, you still love the guy, don't you? You're not pissed at him, are you? Uh, I'm a little beefed. Here's the problem is that I'm mm-hmm. beefed at him. Because this motherfucker, he changed. changed He's mean. <laughs> I'm also miffed. At he Sherman. wasn't mean when he was he, on the Seahawks? <laughs> but he was 
But it was a it was a group effort. They weren't mean. They were like intimidating. Now it's just shit talking. And Richard Sherman is just, I don't know. Maybe it's different because he's not on my team. Yeah, I'm miffed when they leave because that's professional. They're doing it for money reasons. Well, they are. Or some kind of politics. Even in college. It's all politics for it's sure. It's the exact same. No, it's money. It's he wanted to go get more money. Uh, but And they didn't want to pay him, you know, yeah. prime Bobby Wagner. Dude, I don't money. think. I Dude, they're doing gonna... it the same in college. Even before NIL, even before they were able to pay players, players yeah. were still moving for money, for the hope that they get money by yeah. playing in a different school that they'll get to the NFL. Yeah. Like Russell Wilson, you know, went from I think NC State yep. to uh Wisconsin because he wanted, you know, like he wanted a bigger opportunity. He wanted to get to the NFL and he got to the NFL because of it. And now he's gonna retire on the Denver Broncos. I know. Well, that's a bad example because him on the Denver Broncos has been the greatest like shot in Freud as a Seahawks fan, but but Yes. I will say this too. Wait, real quick. Yeah, I will say I want to give out a professional football theory, which is that I think whenever homeboy died, what was his name? Are you talking about Mike Leach? Who are you talking about? No, the about? billionaire, Seattle. Um, oh, Paul Allen. Yeah. Thank you. When Paul Allen died, I believe it was his daughter. Somebody in the family now controls the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. And if they're treating it like they treated any other aspect of Paul Allen's massive, you know, creation, yeah, they are just like stripping it for parts. So <laughs> I don't think the Seahawks have a lot of anything. It's gonna be, bro. You kidding me? They got Geno Smith, baby. That's who I'm. Dude, I'm saving grace, but no, we're gonna be bad. Too for much a while. Seahawks talk. Back to the yep, Ducks. Sorry, Oregon Ducks just hired an offensive coordinator. That I'm actually pretty excited about. Now, once again, our guy they left. Went, well, our guy left. He's coaching at Arizona State now. Right. Now, this guy, Will Stein, from I know that the name. Oh yeah, University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. Beep beep. Or sorry, meep meep. Motherfucker, as they say. Um, the Roadrunners have come out of nowhere the last couple of seasons. And have just been a very exciting offense. They're just huh. like, put up a million yards. Just get some real good skill talent. And, you know, eventually we're going to get, you know, Hithliday will do a much better job of breaking down what he sees Will Stein doing. But I'll tell you the thing that's getting some people excited is his basic philosophy, which a lot of people will say this kind of shit. You know, like, it's just coach talk, but... Something that's getting some Duck fans excited is that a big philosophy of this guy is he's saying, like, keep it simple, stupid. Get the ball into the hands of your best players as many times as you can. That is it. Like, which it's a lot more complicated than that, but a lot of times it's as simple as that, you know? I was about to say, because uh, if that's your philosophy and then your opponent discovers that, oh, shit, this dude's only got two good players, mm -hmm. just stay on those two guys. Well, the uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the idea. And, so and... you've been defeated, sir. 
Well, the idea is you can maybe mix it up. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're going to you know, see what all, happens. All these players say these, or these coaches say these things, and then when it comes down. But I'll tell you this it's always a good sign. You want to go look at the other team that you're stealing their coordinator or whatever. You want to look and be like, are they upset? Or are they like good riddance? You know, like, fuck right. that guy. Good riddance. I don't know why I said riddance. Good riddance. Peace. Sayonara. People, they are overwhelmingly the fan base for the Roadrunners is like, you hired a good one, good job. Sorry to see him go, but I'm glad to see him take the next step up. Which is what you want to see. I mean, I think people are going to be excited. Okay. He seems to have some good experience. I, I, I thought it was a good hire, honestly. Um, and You're I, and I want to say, mm-hmm. this is what it is. It's not about your team, Adam. It's about the game. We're celebrating the game of football here. So wherever a player goes, whether they're on your team or not, we should be celebrating their ability to continue to try and be their best. Right. Uh, whatever. It sounds like hippie shit to me, but and we'll just um, say we represent the Oregon Ducks gang. Aaron, we, we don't have enough time for this. We got to go to the, our next segment. I know football is supposed to be quick. I really elongated the fuck out of that. Hey, podcast listener. Hey, come you. over here. Come yeah. over here. Get over here. Yeah. Nice headphones you got in here. Oh, yeah, I like those, Chevy. Be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones, eh? <laughs> Stomped them on the ground, eh? Be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack12 Twitter account and gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you're listening to your new podcast steps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that what he's doing there, bud? (laughs) Yeah, turning your three-hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? Be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake. Splash. Splash maybe with you in the trunk of it, huh? Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. Maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the quack. 12 page on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, Quack 12, give us five stars. Yeah, the internet. You got it, bud. Five stars. Leave us a little comment. Help other people find it. Maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing if you catch my drift. You seen the posters on the telephone poles? Yeah, those are those are people that didn't give us fucking five stars. Some of them did, and we did it anyways. And then uh, you know, uh, oh hey, hey look at look at this podcast listener on their long inner inner uh, continental flight, making things not so bad. Not wanting to hear that baby by covering it up. Wah wah, so they say, putting on them headphones. Trying to get the sky waitress's attention. Get over here. Give me more of that Quack 12 podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, you want some more of that Quack 12 podcast, don't you? Yeah. You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. 
Otherwise, you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance, you never know when your plane's going to go straight down into the water, into the old Atlantic, never to be seen again. Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. In case you don't want to be part of the rock and roller club of the bottom of the fucking ocean, then I recommend you go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on, come on. Why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos, and for that we can forget about the whole nasty business have you on your way. We'll forget about it. We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars, that's all I got. Now listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you chump? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let him, let him go, Mikey. Let him go. In the bottom of the fucking ocean. Ayo! Quack, quack. Here we go. Quacks ball. Quacks ball. That is right. It is Quacksaball. We yeah, only baby. got two games, actually, to cover. Um, both teams only played one since we've been gone. Both since you've been bangers, gone. though. Fantastic games, I gotta say. Uh, the first, well, fantastic if you're a Duck fan. First one, actually, was the Civil War. Oh, sorry. The game for me was that. Uh, was the Platy. We had the Platy here. Oregon versus Oregon State women's basketball. That is always very intense. Even if the Beavers are down, they're still good. They weren't yeah, really that down. Mm-hmm. How many games have we won, Adam, to the to this point, and how many did they won? Women's? We won seven, yeah. and they That's lost, right. and we've lost one. But they came into this one six wins, only two losses. So, like, you know. They they're not a bad team. They're still good. Uh, you know they've had some turnover, but they're doing pretty well. And this game started off strong for the Ducks, but then second quarter, third quarter, Beavers really rallied back. Uh, I will say so. The the absolute star, specifically for the Ducks, India Rogers, absolutely killed it. She got Pac-12 honors. Yep. Just was amazing. Um, 36 minutes played in this game. She was... Honestly, it was a really poor shooting night for the Ducks. Or shooting day. I forget exactly what time this was. I'm pretty sure it was kind of night. But, yeah, India Rogers though, absolutely killed it. She scores 34 points in this game. Yo. Like, Yo. like nearly half of our points was 10 of 18 from the floor, 6 of 10 from three-point range. Started off with, I believe, like an air ball, you know, to start it off. But then she was just draining the threes, which was really good because our other guards straight up, I would say, had a bad game. Like, no other real way to put it. Um, Pow Pow was 4 of 15. She did get 12 points. But she was just off. Two of seven from three-point range. Chance Gray started out strong shooting three. uh, Finished 50%, three to six. Not bad. Um, But three of ten from the floor. Filipina Che had a rough outing. One of five. 
Grace Van Sluten started off strong, three of nine, but I mean, sorry, but finished off three of nine. So, like, it really was in your Rogers just being like, get on my back. We're doing this thing. Well, it's funny, too, this whole thing, because now it's kind of, it seems like it's, I don't know if it's always been there, but it seemed very prominent. I guess we're in that part of the season where this talk becomes the prominent thing, which is we're choosing our leaders. Yeah, 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 right. And it's well, funny because it seemed like with the women's team, they were really trying to say, I feel like I've heard three or four different names now have been the real leaders of this team. Yeah. I think Pow Pow and Rogers are clearly like one of those players needs to be going off. They you wanted know? it to be Pow Pow real bad. Well, as, as long as it's someone, like as long as someone <laughs> is keeping us, like is keeping the defense honest from deep and yeah. is a constant threat, then like both don't need to go off. I mean, if we're in the playoffs, if we're in March Madness, sorry, then yeah, we're probably going to need good games from both when we're going against the better teams. But like, it just comes down to if both of them are having a bad game, then you're relying on like Chance Gray, a young player, you know, um, or it's like one of the true, like Elise Hurst, who's a bench player, you know, like what about Van Sluten? She's good. Van Sluten's good, but she's not like she's a forward. Like she's not necessary. She's not supposed to be taking the threes, you know? Well, who gives a shit about the three? Focus on just getting points. I get that, but sometimes it's like, you know what's going to make it a lot easier to get points? Is if you hit a goddamn open three. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not the most impossible feat. Like You know, yeah. when we get there, remind me to ask you one of the most important questions of all time mm -hmm. about men's shooting three-pointers. Sure. Well, in this game, overall, because I would say India Rogers really helped out, we shot 40% from three-point range. That's that's great. If we keep that up all season, we're going to be a fantastic team. From the floor, we were only 36%, though. That's not great. That's not great. And that's because yeah, that's they were trying out. to take away – they wanted to take away Shea. They wanted to limit uh, Van Sluten, and they wanted to force us to hit the three. But we and we you know we made them pay for it. Over on their side, they did have some good size too, and that really affected us. They were not um they were not shooting well from deep, but they were getting the easy buckets. They were especially getting the transition buckets, and that helped them like cut the lead and eventually take the lead. The thing that made me excited was that this team. When it really came down to it, when it was like, okay, there's like seven minutes left. This is basically a tied game. The, like, this is you. Like, this, we're in Eugene. This is a Pac-12 game. Like, are you going to win this or not? The Duck defense did gel, even with some of the bench players coming out. And players like Rogers and Pow Pow did step it up when needed. And they got this win against a quality team. So it made me... It's that makes me very excited, quite frankly. Um, I, I'm feeling good about the women's team. India Rogers, Pac-12 uh, basketball player, well, women's basketball player of the week. Um, feeling good. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, I, I I like that. If we're looking at the schedule coming up here, 
We're taking a break from Pac-12 play, which is weird. It's weird that we played one random beaver, but whatever. Uh, we're going to be going against Eastern Washington. We should be a heavy favorite there on the 15th. On the 18th, College of Charleston in Eugene. That should be just a practice, basically. Oh, and then we got boy. A little... I hope you're not eating those words. I mean, I, I don't even consider if if I wouldn't consider that a jinx. I would be like, oh. The team's bad if we lose them. That's not a jinx. That's on you, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's on them, I mean. Uh, but then we'll be joining the San Diego Invitational, which is a different uh, tournament, which is another, you know, at this point, at this point in the season, we're more gelled. The injuries, I mean, you know, uh, we're still waiting on Basham to heal up. But other than that, we're, knock on wood, relatively healthy. So I want to see us win that tournament, goddammit. That'd be great. Um, let's, let's hop out. We're, we're pretty tight on time. So let's hop right over to the men's team. Way to go. Women's men's team. We played Nevada. Nevada was actually another one loss team. Oh, sorry. Yep. Two loss team. Just like yeah. the Beavers were. Um, they're overall a, a pretty good team. Like, I'm not going to say they're like a powerhouse or anything, but they were certainly a team that could beat us. You know, we've lost to worse. Yeah. Uh, and and right now we're a five loss team. Yep. Like, entered this, you know, with under five hundred, shooting terribly overall. Yep. I mean that game against UCLA, which UCLA is a good team. I watched it. It was a bummer, but it did like I was like, you know, if this was our only loss or our second loss of the season, I would be like, yeah, I'm still feeling really good about this team. Sure. It's unfortunate it was our fifth loss, but yep. You know, we we melted at the end there, but I wasn't feeling terrible about that. Uh, before we get into this next one, any thoughts in the UCLA game? You're just dying to get uh, off your chest. Just generalized thoughts of whatever I saw from the men's game, from the three that I watched. One, it was interesting to hear Bill Walton's theories about... I know this was a different game. Here's my general mm -hmm. thoughts for the mm -hmm. three games. Bill Walton's commentary about the... Uh, California teams leaving the Pac-12 were interesting, yeah. and yeah. I would love to actually crunch numbers to see what the economic value is, how mm. much they'll be spending versus how much extra they'll be making. They'll uh, be making so much fucking money, dude. It'll be worth it. <laughs> but are they spending more is the question. No. What's no. the offset? Okay. Uh, and then the other thing was maybe the men should stand a little bit closer to the three-point line when they want to shoot a three-pointer because every time I was watching, it seemed like they were deciding to add, like, an extra three feet. Those deep NBA threes. It's like, dude, if you're standing on top of where the electrical outlet is for the PA whenever they do <laughs> halftime shows, yeah, <laughs> you're too far. Scoot in. Maybe make a couple more. You freaks. Well, there you go. <laughs> you freaks. Well, against Nevada, they heard your call. And, Thank you. And also, Will Richardson must have heard how much shit I was talking to him earlier. He's a real season. leader. Because he's a real leader. He got a goddamn triple-double. He certainly did. The men's team have not gotten... I mean, the women's team, that's like old hat. Fucking Yanescu had 26... Career yep. triple-doubles. But the men's team haven't had one since 2002. Old Luke Jackson. 
Wow. The famous Luke's. Yeah, I mean, dude, the record for, I think, for career triple doubles in men's was like 12 or something like that. I think it's less than that. Even. We haven't had, the men's team we haven't, hasn't yeah, had we a player to get mm-hmm. a triple double since mm-hmm. 2002. Yeah. 20 and, fucking years. Yeah, dude. Well, wow. And during that time, we have had absolute great players like we we've had um you know like we we've had teams that have gone to the final four you know uh so it's not like we've had bad teams it's just that you know a triple double is a pretty rare thing uh, i guess i we didn't realize that i mean that's what makes sabrina Ionescu so amazing <laughs> she got 26 dude like it's insane but uh in this and it was really funny in this game because, I mean, it was it was not a complete blowout. A lot of times the, the game was within 10 points against the Nevada Wolfpack. But at the same time, Oregon was in control just about this entire time. And you were on, because he had such an amazing first half. Like, he was not far off from the triple-double in the first half. He had already scored, like, 11 points, had, like, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, something like that. Um, that pretty quickly it got to the point in the second half where it's like, oh, he needs one rebound. And that was like the main focus for the commentators. And there were points where like, where Rivaldo soars, like the ball falls to him on the defensive rebound and his hands are up in the air. Like not, it's falling right in front of him because he wants Will Richardson to pick it up because he wants him to get that triple double, but it goes to the other team, you know, <laughs> like right. like that. We were trying to force it, trying to get that triple double, and it was really funny that in the last thirty seconds or so, it actually does happen to bounce to Will Richardson, and he's just barely able to get it under the wire. But other than that, I mean, you gotta praise the dude. He had a I mean, I would not say probably. This is the best game of his career. 19 points, yep. 10 rebounds, uh, you know, like uh, I think 11 assists or so. For some reason, I don't have that on top of my head. But, I mean, 19 points, shot four of seven from three-point range. Hell yeah, Will Richardson. Not only that, uh, the funny thing is, you're like that kind of um, – Makes you forget that also these, I would say the second leader, because when you're saying leaders, you're really saying veteran players, veteran starters. So the other clear leader good, here, yeah. who yeah. the other, yeah, a good player, Quincy Garrier got 26 right. points, yeah. nine rebounds. And really the reason why Oregon just took control of this game, he hit five of eight three pointers. Dude got hot real quick. Didn't cool down. Overall, we were 11 of 27 from three-point range. 40%, just well, like the women. That's great. Uh, and 45% from the floor. Can't in ask the games that I more. watched, I can honestly also say Will Richardson was the one most talked about for being the person who needs to step up. Yeah. Garrier seemed to be the name that most – I mean, sorry, Perrier, the sparkling one. <laughs> Uh, he seems to be the one who was showing up in all yeah. three games. Like they kept well, saying his name for doing something. It's like, 
Maybe somebody needs to put the fucking fire to Will Richardson, and maybe Gary is doing that. Maybe they got a little Pippin Jordan thing going on. Yeah, well, and I will say, like, Richardson has the last three games or so, three or four games, he has every single game gotten better and better and better, which yep. is nice to see. And to be fair, like, there were times where Peyton Pritchard, we would be like, he ain't it, but then just rapidly improving. Dana Altman is a good coach. He does get players to play better. We are healing. Um, it would be nice. I will say. I will say one thing that we could definitely improve on is my man Brennan Rigsby. Please hit a three. I think he hit his first three this game. I can't really remember. He's three of eight from the floor. One of five. What number from three is point he? Range. Number four. Smaller oh, yeah. guy with good hops. He should be hitting the three because he's going to be open for him. Like, uh, like I've liked his game, everything except for his shooting touch. If he comes alive in that regard, if he's just able to hit the three when he's completely open, if he goes 50% on those, the whole team can be unlocked. Uh, same with if we just get healthier. If, if uh, Kuznard and, and Keyshawn can get back in, which they should any time now, Suddenly, we have a couple more guards who their strength just should be hitting the three. So, I don't know. I'm liking this team a lot. Dante played. Uh, he looked a little roughed up, but overall looked good. 11 points. One of my favorite players to watch, Khalil Ware, had one of his worst games. But luckily, Luke Wer, um, he actually had one of his best games. I like that he was shooting the three, too. I love a big man. That is a confident three. <laughs> you gotta love it, dude. Because it always takes forever. That's like, what one guy says. Oh yeah, dude. It's so good. I love it. Um, overall, this is is a really good outing for this team, especially like like we're at the phase of just take it game by game. We're getting healthier. The chemistry's getting better. Most importantly. Will Richardson and Quincy Garrier are just being what they have to be, which is yep. sure presences on the court. And I'm liking that a lot. It's it's just fun when we got good basketball teams, God damn it. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting into good territory for both of them. Up next, we got three cupcakes. Should be cupcakes. We've lost a cupcake before, so who knows? But um, UC Riverside comes to Eugene, Oregon. Then Portland comes to Eugene, Oregon. Then Utah Valley comes to Eugene, Oregon. Then we play the Beavs on the last day of this most terrible year. So there you go. I mean, I'm looking forward to all these games. I'm looking forward to these teams. The men's team is not perfect, but we're getting more and more it looks like we're going to be competitive which i'm excited about and the women's team we may have a special season who knows who knows you know what i mean i have more faith in the women's team right now yeah i get you i'm curious to see you know as richardson gets progressively better if he does mm -hmm. get progressively better yeah we're gonna have to continually see him doing this thing so it'll be interesting to see where his average kind of starts landing a bit more, if that makes sense. For the listener at home, describe what you're doing. Going up and down like this. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's like great. he has a, we've seen him underperform. We've now seen him perform well. Yeah, he's not going to triple average, double every night. Yeah. 
Yeah, where is that average going to end up as he continues to find growth? Absolutely. Well, and I think— God, shouldn't he have done that last year? Why is he still doing that? Sure. Well, I'll tell you this, too. I think it's like—because play—especially to start off the season, people knew our weakness, and we're also going like, who's their best player? It's either Infoli Dante— Who's yep. you know been off and on the court already, and they would double team him and take him away and force right. our guards to be the stars, and they were just falling short. Now, th- them stepping it up has really helped. P- teams like UCLA, however, have also been like, okay, let's circle Will Richardson. If if because if he's having a bad time, he's distributing the ball that can you know like disrupt everything. And it has, but if he if he's playing at a really high level, then that's going to open it up for Enfali Dante, Khalil Ware, like you know, like uh, hopefully Garrier. So interesting, you know, he's the key. He he truly is the key. He really is more so than like women's team. I'm like, hey, we got a whole bunch of talent. Anyone can go off on any night. Like, you know, it's like between Rogers or Pow Pow or Gray even. Who knows? Like, Gray is really emerging. Or Van Saluten, not really a deep shooter, but can really go off. Is clearly yeah. an elite talent who's young. But for men's team, it really feels like we need Will Richardson to lead this team. It really, it's, it's wow, a crucial thing. Wow, you used thing. the word. You said it. He's a leader, dude. I mean, I think Dana Altman. You heard Altman, it here first, folks. <laughs> Dana Altman's Dana Altman's system is a little more built around like one player being the brain of it, but also and I, and you saw this against Nevada, if they made a mistake, if they missed a shot, boom, we were on the other side of the court slamming it down, right? Or Will Richardson was sprinting down the court and was you know like passing it out for a three or shooting a three himself, and I think that helped a lot. Now, Aaron, we've got a fun segment. To end this all on, oh, shit. annual tradition. Not only is it the picks, but this is the Quack Twelves Bowl Mania Bonanza. Oh, mm-hmm. The picks. Oh, that's all right. right. We should probably do this lightning round, right? Oh yeah. Okay. We also don't have that many because it's just. You I'm know, going least... first. Damn it! You're going first. That is right. Yes. The 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 record is. This is a whole new ballpark, whole new game here. Um, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games to choose from. So let's start on December seventeenth in Las Vegas Bowl, the old Las Vegas Bowl. Yeah, baby. Oregon State, the team who kicked our ass. We'll take on Florida, the team who beat Utah so early in the season. Uh, this will be in Las Vegas, so, you know, home field home field advantage maybe for Oregon State. We are on the west side. Who are you going to choose there? Are you going to choose the Oregon Thieves? State. Choose I'm Oregon State. I'm, I might end up picking the Pac-12 all the way. Let's find out. Fair enough. And, and keep in mind, there's so many players where it's like, their best players are have left because they're going for the NFL or their foot, you know, mainly because they're choosing the NFL. But also sometimes they transferred, so it's like, yeah, I don't want to play a bowl game for this team that I'm leaving, you know. 
Um, so who knows? It's it's a bunch of weird stuff. But you're going with Oregon State. Yep. Mm, I'm gonna have to go with Oregon State as well, just because what I saw them do to us. Uh, Jimmy become irrelevant if half your team is not even there anymore. True. A lot of the you know, like if your coach is all of a sudden like, I'm going to Florida. You deal with it. It's like, why are we even doing a bowl game? Like when we played against Oklahoma and just got our asses kicked last. It's like, why are we even doing? Can we just say no? We don't want to play this bowl game. Pick somebody else. The good thing is, you get some money and you get like a full three weeks or whatever of extra practice, and that really can help you. That's that's like the actual specific instance. We don't really need the extra money. No, that's true. But yeah, I'll tell you a lot of fa- a lot of the players are stoked because it's like, yeah, we want to go to this bowl game because we get to go to Disneyland for free. Or yeah, something like or like we want to go to the Fiesta Bowl because we get free PlayStation Fives. It's like, mm, yeah, damn, that make me play a bowl game immediately. Um, Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Washington State versus Fresno State. Oh. Interesting one. Fresno State had an up and down season overall up, though, I would say. Washington State, mm, kind of same deal, actually. I mean, downer yeah, to lose to the Washington State wasn't bad. Cam Ward was fun to watch at times. I'm going to go with uh, Fresno State. Oh, you're not back in the pack on this one. Okay. Not on this one. Um, You know what? I think you're choosing right. I'm unfortunately going to follow you here, too. Fresno State. I know it's not interesting. I just think it's the way it's going. Let's get into December 28th. We got the Holiday Bowl. We got the Oregon Ducks. Have you heard of them? No. Against North Carolina. North Carolina. I'm not quite sure how many, but I can tell you they are an all-offense team. They've actually had some defensive players leave. Not going to play in this bowl game. I think their quarterback, I can't even remember. I think their quarterback may be out too. <laughs> so, like, and if Bo Nix plays, Bo Nix is going to be pretty dang good. Um, so, how, who are you thinking here? Well, I feel like that quarterback missing or not is pretty relevant information. So, not to have it is big time because I kind of want to say North Carolina is going to win this thing. But I'm going to back the Ducks because who gives a shit? Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, I would probably go. Yeah, Drake May, I believe he's he's leaving. So, um, yeah, I'm going with the Ducks. We both chose the Ducks, right? Or did you say UNC? I think UNC. If the quarterback was sticking around, they would probably win. But if he's not there, then we'll win. Fair enough. Okay, here we go. On to the next one. Washington. We better win. Number 20, Texas. This is in the Alamo Bowl. So, obviously, a little closer to them. Texas actually is coached by their Washington's old coach, Steve Sarkeesian. So, I thought that was funny. Who do you think is going to win in the Sark Bowl? Texas or Washington? The two places you have lived. Wow. In... San Antonio, where my sister lives. Wow. And also where our new offensive coordinator is from. Wow. Uh, let's... You know what? I like Washington. Let's go with them fucking Herskies. Damn it, Aaron. 
I'm with you as well. I totally think Washington's <laughs> going to take this one. I think their offense is a sure enough thing, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. We got to shoot something different. Okay, here we go. Hey, December 30th. That's my I mean, bowl of the week, ladies and gentlemen, right okay. there. That's my bowl of the week. Um, Seattle versus Austin. I love it. That should be a fun one. That should be a fun one. Uh, December 30th, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. UCLA versus Pittsburgh. I don't know much about Pittsburgh except for, I think, Keaton Slovis is their quarterback. I watched some of them. I've heard uh, that name. They're pretty fun. Yeah, Keaton Slo- He used to play for USC back in the day. Um, Aaron, who do you got in this one? I, I honestly couldn't tell you much about Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I'm UCLA. Sorry, who's the so Pac-12 fun. team? UCLA, baby. UCLA? Well, I'm still um, in the thing. I can't do it. So I'm going with Pittsburgh. Oh, that's right. Let me check to see if Dorian Thompson-Robinson is playing in this game. Because that's going to be a big part Has Chip me. Kelly retired officially yet? No, he has not. Uh, says bowl game status. Uh, he's, it's, it says it's still to be determined. So we don't know if DTR is going to play. That's going to be a huge factor in this. That being said, you said, yeah, you're back in the Pittsburgh because you will yep. this season you're anti-UCLA. I'll go with UCLA. I have a we'll sneaking see. suspicion. What's his What's his name? D, D, DTR, D- baby. Dorian Tyler. I Rimes. have a sneaking suspicion DTR is going to um, not have a very good NFL career. Hmm. I think he'll be pretty good, but we'll see. I think he's overhyped. Fair enough. USC versus number 16, Tulane, playing the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Now, Caleb Williams, the quarterback for USC, won the Heisman but lost the Pac-12 championship game against Utah. Aaron, who you got in this one? You got the Heisman winner or you got a very plucky Tulane? New Orleans-based. A uh, really, really good season for them. A smaller school that has had a fantastic season. I like Versus Tulane. A, yeah. But I have to go with those Texas Trojans. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I'm going with USC. the Heisman winner, USC. I think they're so weird that that's where the Heisman winner came from. Yeah. Well, Lincoln Riley, their head coach, that is what he's known for is developing great quarterbacks. He's had... I, be- I believe two other Heisman winners there and others that have been very close to winning it. So, like, he's talk great about that. somebody. Talk about somebody who's found their calling. Definitely. definitely. I mean, for real. Uh, and in the Rose Bowl game, the granddaddy of them all, Utah beat USC, which won them this ticket. So, once again, they're in the Rose Bowl. Unbelievable. Last year was a crazy game against Ohio State in which they lost. Of course. Uh, This year, it's against a different Big Ten team. It's against Penn State. Penn State versus Utah. I don't know. This is a tough one. I'm going with the Mutes. You're going with the Utes for fun. This is tough because in my head, I want to choose Penn State because that sounds fun. But then that gives us the possibility of a tie of of a tie, which I think is fine because then we can go into. So you're right. I'm going with Penn. I'm going with Penn State. Just because I think it's fun. Because, yeah, if you lose that other bowl game, I win, period. It's over. We'll see what happens. 
Yeah, so this, so even if you lose that game and then this one, yeah, that hinges on this final game. That's great. Perfect. Love yeah, it. and if it's if it's tied, then we'll do something else. Uh, the hey. playoffs, you know? Yeah. Uh, Maybe one of these games we can do a watch-along. That sounds good. We'll figure it out. How about, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. I mean, maybe the duck one. I'll be too busy watching it. I don't know. Maybe the duck. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure out. Maybe we'll do a watch-along for the duck game. Add us. At Quack Twelve Podcast on Twitter, if you'd like to let us know, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, give us five while stars. You're, yeah, yeah. I was about to say while you're on your phone and you're adding us and all this, just head over to iTunes, give us five stars and a review. That helps us climb the algorithmic ladder so that we can get in front of more people. And then that's also, right. since you're still there, Adam, where should they go? They should go over to the Quack Twelve Podcast Patreon. And give us $5, baby. Yeah, baby. $5. For a measly 5 bucks a month, you get hours, hours, and hours of great duck content. And some not-so-duck content, but you get that, too. Uh, really fun it. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A half-decent six-pack of beer costs 10 bucks. So it's just the half the cost of a six-pack of beer for a month. That is nothing. Come I'm going to make a, com a commercial that is uh, Sarah McLaughlin style, just guilt-tripping people into giving us $5. Yep. yep. Just you looking we sad. We should do it in the vein in of Chris Farley and Adam Sandler. Yeah. Him wanting to watch your house. Just let him watch your house. Let the boy watch your house. Come on. Yeah. Hey. Anyways. Um... I've been Adam Chameo over there. And I am still Aaron Schroeder. He's still Aaron Schroeder. Big, we're going to have him in a cage with big puppy dog eyes next time you see him. Uh, this has been the Quack 12 Podcast. Quack, quack. See you all next week. Quack, quack. Bye.